Hi, everyone. This is Henry DeVries. Welcome to the Agency Rainmaker TV show. Got a special guest for you today, special rainmaking strategy, and it's Jody Katz. Uh, Jody, welcome. Um, please tell everyone about your agency. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you for having me here. My agency is Base Beauty Creative Agency, and we are a holistic marketing and creative agency that services only the beauty and wellness industries. So we're very, very specific about the industries that we serve, but within that, we work on every single thing the customer sees and touches. So we're incredibly diverse in our areas of expertise. And you're incredibly uh, niched. You've got, a, you've got a great super niche there. So congratulations on that. But please share how you came out of that industry and decided to start your agency. Well, this is a great question. We have to go back in time. I was working full-time at a French beauty company in New York. And as I was growing in my career there, I realized that there's a huge white space in the beauty and wellness industries. There were no agencies to help support the work that we were doing and we were growing quite a bit. So we really needed a lot of extra support, even though we had an internal creative department. So um, the only partners I could find were these boutique fashion agencies and fashion and beauty is very different. And um, I thought, well, you know, here's an opportunity. Let me just grab it. And I did. And that was 16 years ago. Wow, that's great. Most agency owners are accidental business owners. Um, they they fire the, the, the business they're working for and then have to figure out what to do and start an agency. They never were trained to run a business. Did you have business background before you started your agency? I absolutely had no business background. I actually had no um, true passion for business, I'd say. You know, my goals were to develop incredible needle moving creative. My goal was to, you know, completely master and own that beauty and wellness space from a creative perspective. But the running a business, the function of being a leader of running a business, that was never my aspiration. And I don't think I actually knew that what I was walking into when I started this 16 years ago. And you had to do the work-life balance. Um, could you share some of that? Well, I chose to start my own business purely um, out of two different directions. One was, you know, just creating amazing creative. But the other was very personal. I looked around at where I was working full time and I knew I wanted to be a parent someday. And I looked at the parents you know, that were working nearby and they didn't have the lifestyle that I was looking for. So I thought to myself, well, I guess I just have to create it for my, myself. I don't think I'm going to find this out there in the corporate world. So I made a decision. I'm just going to go off on my own, try this, um, try to create uh, a path that might be unusual at the time, but something that felt like it would fit me by the time I become a parent. And, um, you know, that's what I've been doing for 16 years, which is figuring it out, but also figuring it out so that the people on my team who are younger than me, who are, you know, starting in that phase of their life, um, they have an easier road. It's a tough road. It's a tough road for uh, a dad or a mom to balance all that uh, but at the end of the day or at the end of your life, you're not going to say, I wish we'd landed three more big accounts. Uh, <laughs> you're going to it's who loves you and who you love and the time you got to spend with them. So I, I when I was I helped Jody with her book. We're going to talk about it. I helped Jody with her book and 
one of the things that always impressed me was she believed in that balance and it wasn't easy. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But first, why don't we expand? Who is your who? Who is the target client? Give us some, if you could name drop, drop some names about your client. I would love to. It's taken me a really long time to figure this out too, right? This isn't something that just happens in an instant. You start your business and get your formation papers. It took me some time. But what we do is we're masterful at supporting what we call high growth brands. So these are businesses within the beauty and wellness industry that are ready for what's next. And usually um, they're at this inflection point, the scaling point, thanks to an infusion of capital, maybe new leadership. Um, a transaction, you know, maybe um, acquisition, or they're looking to get acquired, right? So they're looking to scale, they become really appealing in that sales cycle. So they're always high growth brands. Um, and they hire us because we can create that growth for them. We're so diverse internally in terms of our areas of expertise and how all these different marketing tactics and strategies play with each other. And we're incredible at creating optimization and working you know, smarter, not harder with our um, clients' money. So the high growth brands are the perfect partners for us. So we work with a lot of brands at Colgate. We work with Estee Lauder brands, Church and Dwight brands. Beersdorf. So these larger companies, most of them are global organizations. They really need our support because they just have so much else to do to move their business forward, working with the retailers, working with sourcing, working on product development. They need a partner like Base Beauty to help them take their marketing to the next level. How big is the team? And, and it can be W2 and 1099, but just what kind of team size have you assembled? There's 25 of us and we do flex a little up, a little down, but it's been about this size for the past couple of years. And, you know, this is the, uh, I think, biggest challenge of running a business that's high performance like we are. Not everybody's right for base beauty. We're, um, we like to say that we're a really fun pool to swim in, but you have to be a strong swimmer. So we're very, very specific about the types of people and the types of ambition that's on the team how they play with each other, how they work with clients, and everything is rooted in our values. So that's empathy, respect, kindness, being the boss of your own work, creativity and openness. You have to be able to work with our values internally and externally to be able to be successful here. It reminds me of Nordstrom. A lot of people hold up Nordstrom as what a great retailer. And um, you have to be a certain person to be able to work at Nordstrom. Um, you just can't be anybody um, because in interviews I've done and what I've learned is um, the culture will spit you out if you're not totally on board with being Nordstrom. And it sounds like in base beauty, it's the same thing. There's an esprit de corps among your people that they're proud to be at base beauty. Is that a fair statement? It's fair. And it's also to help us do our work better, right? Like I said, we're a fun pool to swim in, but if you're not the strong swimmer, what does that mean? It means everyone has to throw you a life raft. So if everyone is throwing you a life, life raft, then they're not getting their work done. And our team just wants to work smarter, not harder. They want to move on with their lives at the end of the day. They want to go you know, to the gym. They want to see their kids. They want to play with their dog. And I don't want them to be working all the time, right? I want them to be able to be effective and optimize in their work day. So if there's a team member who's just not playing their weight or um, really is just not that interested in the work, it shows, it shows very quickly and we have to make changes very quickly. 
I remember when I was an agency owner and we were about your size and there was somebody who wasn't pulling their weight and I had never let someone go for that before. But finally, I sucked it up and brought them in and said, you're not right for us and we're not right for you and we need to find you something new. And and when that person left, I was waiting for, oh boy, I'm going to get some morale problems. Yeah, they walked into my office, shut the door and said, why did you wait so long? Uh, why didn't you do this sooner? Um, and then I realized if somebody's not pulling their weight, then as you said, the strong swimmers have to make up for it and it's not a good situation. So we have to balance that. Well, let's go on to happier topics, uh, how you make it rain. And you've learned a lot in 16 years and I wanna hear about the podcast and then let's talk about the book we did together. Great, well, six years ago, um, I started a podcast. It's called Where Brains Meet Beauty. And it was a suggestion of my business coach, Alan Cohen, who's actually how I met you. Yes. <laughs> and Alan had this idea after I told him, I don't want to network. I don't want to like go to parties after work. I don't want to schmooze with people. I just want to go home and put my PJs on and watch the Real Housewives. And I told him, I'm just not good in big groups. Like I'm not good at like fighting for attention and trying to navigate making conversation. But I told him I'm really good one-on-one. So he went home, woke up in the morning and called me and said, Jody, you have to start a podcast. And I said, why would I do that? I don't even listen to podcasts. And he said, because you'll get to talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. So for whatever reason, I actually listened to Alan, right? I was in that moment where I was open to these ideas and I Googled how to create a podcast and I didn't really have an intent for it. I didn't really know why I'm doing this, but I had a name because where brains meet beauty is actually our agency tagline at the time. And I thought, let's just steal that for the name of the show. It's such a great phrase. So uh, I started the show and I invited my clients and friends to be my guests. And then very quickly after like three episodes, I realized, oh, we're here to talk about career journey. We're here to get real about what it's like and how to navigate the world, whether you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur or right out of college or a makeup artist, like whatever you are in our industry, you have an interesting story. And it was very, very important for to me as a, you know, kind of behind the scenes person that these conversations would be candid, but they would also be with people that were not household names. Like there's so many like star led podcasts out there about journey. And I thought it's really important that the people behind the scenes have a voice as well. So I interview people who are household names, but I interview also people who are behind the scenes and also people who have yet to reach their goals. And it's really important to me that we share all those voices, but we just talk about journey. Sometimes we talk about, you know, how to actually like get through the workday. We talk about how to advance our goals. We talk about the stuff that stinks and my guests are very revealing and our listeners love the authenticity, the honesty, and they literally take notes during these um, interviews and you know think about them as they're advancing their own career. Jody, you triggered a story I wanted to share that relates to what you said, and it's about making it rain. And it's eight years ago. I know I need to speak to more agency owners and PRSA Counselors Academy invites, invites me to be a keynote presenter at their conference, and it's up in the mountains in North Carolina, and I accept. There's 50 people at the conference, and they have me slated to be the closing speaker 
And then they had to adjust something and they make an announcement that um, anybody who's going to the golf tournament you should skip the last program and go to the golf tournament because you, we have to start it earlier. And seven people remain in the room. And that little inner voice in my sense of stupid, stupid, stupid. Why, you know, why did you accept this? Why did you pay all this money and to talk to seven people? And the other little voice in my head, they, they kind of talked back and forth. They said, seven people are here to hear you speak. So you need to do the best you can for those seven people. So I did. I poured my heart out. Six people afterwards left. And one person remained in the room and said, I need to speak with you. My name's Alan Cohen. And Alan Cohen was one of our first authors that we helped, published a couple of his books, built things. And he's been part of the Indie Books family ever since. We talk about our family of authors. You're definitely one. You know, thank you for giving your time today. It's authors and speakers helping authors and speakers. And we're so honored. So that's what results in this. So let's talk about the book that came out of all this. Well, Facing the Seduction of Success. After five years of the podcast, we thought, Wow, this wisdom from these um, industry leaders is so incredible and so rich. We need to share it with people outside of the beauty and wellness industries, right? We're so specific in who we target for the show, but this wisdom is universal, right? It doesn't have to just remain in my industry. So um, we went back through uh, over 200 episodes and found common themes and the themes, you know, whether you the person was an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, very advanced in their career, very new in their career. Um, the themes are always the same. It was uh, life-work balance, quality of life, and mental health. So those are the topics that we cover off in a variety of chapters, and we share um, really great nuggets of these stories that are on the podcast to paint a picture of how you, in a judgment-free zone, can craft the career that's right for you, right? It's not one size fits all. And the subhead on the book is inspiring stories on leading in business while living your life. And that looks different for everybody, right? What my my choices are, are very different than um, some of my peers. And it's really important that we honor the fact that we're all a little different. Why don't you think for a moment on a story you'd like to tell, I'm going to share something and then turn the mic back to you. So I wrote an article for Forbes.com this month in January on the nine different ways an agency owner can write a book. Um, Jody is very busy. Uh, how did Jody get the book done? She used two of the strategies. One is the podcast to book strategy. So she developed all this content, great content in the podcast, and now we take it to print. Also now from print, she can take this and uh, make blogs, excerpt articles. It can be cornerstone content for a presentation or a webinar. Now, the second strategy she used is get help writing. And internally, she had a great writer. Well, let's give her credit. What's her yep. name? Jan Michelle. And Jan Michelle was great. So I coached Jan and Jody and we worked together it takes a team to write a book. Writing a book is a team sport. So we got the team together. Um, also, the cover. Who designed the cover? That's Elisa Vitale. So Elisa is our VP design at the agency. 
Um, and for both women, both Jan and Elisa, I turned to them and I said, hey, would you work on a book with me? And they both said, I've never done that before. And I said, well, we're going to do it now. And, um, you know, I had no expectations, you know, but it turned out amazing. And I just like love this tension that Elisa created the dripping of, you know, the, the podcast into the word seduction and how um, we really are seduced by our careers if we love our industry. Um, so it's a really fun topic to play in. Not to be graphic design nerdy, um, but the chromatic choices and the font choices were so strong. Um, but the point is, if you're an agency owner and you've got an art director, work with a publisher who will work with your art director because it doesn't fly that. And, and I have people who who work for Random House and Simon and Schuster and all. I mean, they're award-winning great designers, but we should give your person the shot because, you know, managing creatives and I managed the creative before I was in charge of the agency. Uh, you know, these people, uh, they need, they need to be respected and shown some honor and given a chance for things like that. So I really liked that you did that and, and we were happy to work with it. Um, we relieved her of the, um, what do you want to call it? the drudgery details of, of how big the spine needed to be and things like that. Um, you know, so it's a team. Okay. So give us a story from the book that you could share. Well, there's a lot that comes to mind and every day something else pops into my mind, but I'm going to share uh, Julie Wald. She's a wellness entrepreneur has had many different businesses in the wellness space. And she talks to me on the show and in the book about, a-F-G-O, another blank growth opportunity. <laughs> and I reference this all the time because this is how I feel as a business owner, right? Like when is the universe going to stop challenging me? And I, in, in part of me doesn't want to stop being challenged. That's why I'm doing this, right? If I didn't want to challenge, I'd be probably not an entrepreneur. I just do my, my job and clock in and clock out, but that's just not who I am. But sometimes it is overwhelming to be taxed. It is overwhelming to be challenged. It is overwhelming to grow. And, you know, this week is a great example of it. I have um, new business and a new business role, the agency. So I'm, you know, essentially sometimes a salesperson and I am part thrilled to be able to snag great work. But then the other part of me, when I'm thinking about resources and quality of like my staff and growing my staff, then I'm terrified that I'm going to get new business because who's going to do the work, right? My team who's excellent at what they do, they might be like, you know, at the at the top where they're taxed. So, you know, an, an AFGO comes up for me quite often and I have to navigate how to, you know, um, have a abundance attitude and then a realistic attitude. And Julie just says it so beautifully. And that's part of this book. You know, sometimes I use a sports metaphor and I say, you're like the quarterback, but um, I'll try to go beauty here. You're the face of the brand. And the 25 people on the team are looking to you to bring in those growth opportunities for everybody and, and bring that in. Agency owners who don't do that, in my research, I've come out with there's the cobbler's children syndrome, where we do great marketing for our clients, and we're the last ones that we pay attention to. And the cobbler's children never thought that story was funny. And mm -hmm. the agency employees never thought that story was funny either, that 
we don't use our best energies to get growth opportunities. So I, I salute you for that. Uh, that's a that's a great story. Well, thank you so much for being our guest. This is very helpful to people. Is there anything you wanted to add or share before we go? Well, I think like just go for it. You know, this book launched um, about a half a year ago. It took some time. You know, we had a very ambitious schedule at first. Um, Devin on your team said, maybe you can make it, maybe you can't. Let's see. Um, we, you know, kind of went down the road, realized our first initial goal for getting this done would take more time. So we just kept moving the goalpost, which is fine. It's, you know, not client work. It's our own schedule. But yeah. what we did is allowed ourselves to do this the right way. And we timed it to honor the 15th anniversary of my agency and the fifth anniversary of the podcast. So it was like really beautiful to mark those milestones with the book. And um, we did it. I had a great writing partner in Jan. We had, you know, your guidance and making sure that we know what we're doing um, and we're doing it in the right order. And, um, you know, it, it did create a lot of opportunities for thought leadership for me, right? So we talk about thought leadership often at the agency. We do a lot in the beauty industry and the wellness industry, but not in that kind of business world outside of our industries. So more like general business. So it really was um, an opportunity for us to pitch out these ideas and our philosophies and our point of view to a wider network of media. And I got a lot, a lot of opportunities, a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews, you know, we're feeding Google with all of these amazing, you know, interviews and articles. So I'd say just go for it. Um, you know, I, I didn't start this to sell books. I had started this process to be able to put this out there and share the wisdom. Maybe we gave away as many books as we sold, but to me, that's a win. And it's it's not an ego uh, project. It's not about that. Um, it has other benefits. For one, it helps build the culture and new people come on board. They're given this book and in a few hours, they can really learn what you're all about, what your values are, as you mentioned, and what you stand for. And also, hey, we're, we are thought leaders in this industry. It's a, you know, we're pull those shoulders back and head a little higher. The other important point I wanted to make was about your great stories, which came out of your interviews, your one-on-one -on -one conversations with people is what makes your book different than any other book that will ever be written are your stories. Human brains are hardwired for stories. Uh, we can give them great advice and great content. It's the stories that they take away. And your stories are what is positioning you for more credibility, more impact, more influence, and that path and a plan for more great work. So thank you, Jody, for sharing all that with us today and to our audience. And uh, thank you for everybody who are listening to our Agency Rainmaker TV show. We look forward to having you on future episodes. Thanks, everybody. Make it rain.